Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. That one you're dedicated to all the bicycle riders seen. Bicycle rider, bicycle rider. Bike rider, me other bike rider. Bike rider, me other bike rider. Trust me, riding a bike is better. Bike rider, me other bike rider. Everybody should ride bicycle. Good morning and welcome to this week's edition of the Yarra Bicycle User Group Radio Show on Community Radio 3CR 8.55am and digital, which I believe today is the 15th of August if I've got my head screwed on the right way. Yes, it is. I'm just looking at my uh, little phone and saying, yep, it's the 15th of August. And wasn't it a lovely day, or I should say beginnings of a lovely day this morning? You're thinking, hmm, maybe I should swap over from the full finger gloves to the short finger gloves because spring's in the air. And um, it's just a really lovely, sunny, glorious day out there. Still a little bit of chill in the air, but um, beautiful for commuting in. And I did notice on the way in, um, I counted three cargo bikes of various types and lots and lots of commuters. So this is Yarra Bicycle User Group Radio on 3CR, coming to you from Melbourne. And this is a show about cycling and related transport issues. And uh, obviously, my name's Chris. And on today's show, I'm going to be doing a catch-up with Zoe, who we spoke to ooh, a couple of short months ago, about the rush or reserve issue. Now, this is obviously um, still ongoing. Um, I had a quick catch-up. Actually, it was a longer catch-up, to be really honest, um, about the issue and a recent vote that happened at Yarra Council. But the beauty of this is is that the chat we had turned into a longer thing about connectivity, things that are happening around Melbourne to do with matching up um, some overdue linkages and the reason why these things are important for a way of getting around. And if you heard anything about the uh, Yarra Council meeting, which was just on two weeks ago on the 2nd of August, it was a mammoth meeting. There was three huge issues on that night. So, you know, those of us who you know, turned up for the rush all issue uh, were encountered, <laughs> I should say, at uh, Richmond Town Hall with a really huge audience because there was the ongoing CUB dispute and also there was a very large contingent to do with the South Vietnamese flag and also Russell Reserve, and uh, that went on, the actual reserve bit started around about half past nine at night for the actual uh, debate or and, all, and all discussion and went to an eye-watering quarter to one. <laughs> so, but, but it was uh, voted on and it was five votes to four, so it got through. But we'll discuss that so much more with the interview I've got coming up with Zoe. So... Huge weekend in around Melbourne and Victoria. There was a cycle cross series. If you're um, limbering up from that and trying to work out a bit of uh, uh, tightness, or, you know, things out of your tight muscles. Also, the Peaks Challenge. And also, just simply getting out on your bike. It was a lovely weekend. And um, it's just coming into the very early part of the year as it's starting to warm up. And in the news, 
I've got to bring this up. This um, was published about a week or so ago, Bike Safety, the Great Fluoro Fallacy. And it goes into a bit about uh, risk scarcity and uh, quite a bit of analysis about what you should ride on a bike and is it really worth it. And, um, you know, you got... You know, you got in parts of this article, like, you know, Vic Rhodes advises cyclists to wear a bright top day and night. And in 2014, mandated learners, um, motorcyclists to wear high visibility vest or jacket. Now, I can understand for our H&S issues when you're working on a site, wear high visibility because, you know, obviously there's a lot of things going on. But when you're on the road, different things are at play. And uh, it's being visible um, to quote... Uh, Dr. Tintin, a research fellow from the Faculty of Medical Health and Health Sciences at the University of Auckland. This is very good. Being visible is different to being noticed. Visibility is about standing out from the background and cyclists can enhance that, especially in poor weather or low lighting conditions by wearing high visibility materials. But being noticed is different because it depends upon the driver's attention and expectations of cyclists. And it goes into probably a well-known commercial you might know about, about Transport for London commercial, which, you know, people are playing um, basketball and how many passes they make, but you do, you see the gorilla in the background. And it goes into a fair bit, again, about inattention blindness and these sort of things. I keep coming back to these issues about visibility and it's all about kind of trying to uh, enforce the user to... Uh, be responsible for, you know, for, for my uh, personal and professional opinion about um, things on the road which are engineered badly. <laughs> Why should we take on the, um, you, know, t- you know, the whole cycling safety issue of fluoro is actually probably taking on a little bit too much in terms of we've got poorly engineered roads and, okay, you, you're responsible for your actions. Fair enough. But there's also a point where it goes into things like this thing um, goes into um, there is risk and scarcity as bicycle numbers dwindle, motors are less likely to expect them, less likely to notice them and more likely to collide with them. So it doesn't really, you know, if you want to take that thing, it doesn't really matter if you've got bright flashing lights and covered head to toe in fluoro. It's more of an issue is that the fact that motorists Tension is a finite resource and just adds volatility to the mix. So, it's again, it's, I think it's a cheating blame back to the user where it should be we should be engineering our roads better with separated facilities. And yeah, <laughs> but that was a really good article if you want to look that up because it was actually heavily cited and it's got a fair bit in it. So, it's Bicycle Safety, the Great Fluoro Fallacy, and that was in The Age on August the 6th. If you want to look that up, because again, um, are we looking at these issues with some form of clarity? Uh, we're actually saying that you, know, you, are to- you, know, you have to take total responsibility every time you get on the roads, which is a fair point. But there are there factors that which are beyond your control, as in, i.e., how um, other rather larger, faster, inattentive road users deal with you. Hmm. Something to really think about from, again, from a perspective. Pl- position of clarity anyway i'm going to take a break and i'll be back in a moment with an interview i did with zoe you might remember we spoke about russia reserve a few months ago and this is a catch-up on the council vote and a lot of other issues have you ever wanted to write songs about important issues and help change the way people think about them 
Change the World with Your Song is a songwriting competition designed to do just that, built around the four themes of environment, social justice, war and peace, and political satire. It has age categories from kids to adults. For more information about this national songwriting competition, go to changetheworldwithyoursong.com. A 3CR supporter. It's always more fun to share with everyone. It's always more fun to share with everyone. Today on Yarra Bicycle Users Group Radio, I'm talking to Zoe, and we're going to do a bit of a catch up on the Russell Reserve issue. You there, Zoe? Hello, yes. Yeah, so a bit of a recap. There was a council vote getting on for the best part of a fortnight ago, almost a fortnight ago, that came about of an um, online survey process. And there was some really good, in- interesting stuff that came out of that survey. Do you remember some of the um, percentages of that, of people in, in agreement? That's right. Well, project is actually to build a path through Russell Reserve in North Fitzroy and... There was about 455 people that actually submitted to the survey, which is quite a lot for a short section of pass through a park. And 25% of them were from Fitzroy North, uh, which is where the park's located in the city of Yarra. Um, And there was probably overall, I think there was about 72% that were for it and 27% against the project in the consultation. And that's including people, local people and people from further afield. But if you just include local people, there was 100 and, nearly 150 local Yarra residents that submitted in support of the project, and uh, and about 95 no sorry local Yarra and local residents from near Yarra like Darabin and so on that were uh, supporting it, and 95 people against it. So it was significantly more people uh, supporting the path. Yeah, because I can remember the figures broke down, 60% kind of supported it as it was with the plans and 12% supported it with some modifications. That's right, that's and right. Getting getting back to where the actual area is, it's near Rushall Station and the that interesting little parcel of land, it really does abut three different council areas. So that's right. it's not just a Yarra thing. It's, it's actually like uh, if you come up the city, if you're riding on the Mary Trail, shared trail path you find it just stops and you go into underneath Rushall station and if it's not properly signposted again it's it's really problematic and this is a reason for getting this tidied up that's right i think it's one of the only places along the whole mary trail from between the yarra river and the ring road when i, I looked i've ridden i have never ridden all the way uh to the ring road but i had a look using google and Google Maps, and it looked like it's the only part where you would have to divert onto another trail and or the roads. And the trail actually currently does divert across the creek and then through a couple of side streets, or you have to go under the underpass. So, But aside from that, like the, what we were supporting was the fact that a lot of people couldn't even really get to the park, including old people and who live nearby in the retirement home and other just other people that are living 
in Westgarth and around Rushall Station. So it'll make it a lot easier for a lot of people if the path, yeah. now the path's going to be built. Getting back to the Yarra Council meeting that was on the 2nd of um, August, there, apparently there was uh, a petition from the old colonist um, home of 55 signatures in support of the that's right. of the path. So, yeah, that's a pretty big one for, for local residents. And I think, I mean, they weren't able to easily fill out the online consultation, which makes sense because a lot of them don't really use computers and things. So they had somebody from council bring them their surveys to fill out and then a lot of them just signed one collective uh, response because they many of them wouldn't be able to walk. It's about 500 metres to walk all the way around yeah. if you want to get in via the other end. So it's basically a dead-end park and to get in you'd have to walk much, much further, whereas the with the new path, I'll need to walk about 50 metres, <laughs> so <laughs> they'll be actually able to go there. So, And there'll be a, a lookout is proposed in the design, so if they don't want to go all the way down to the park itself, they can just go to the lookout and have a look over the creek, which will be lovely, I think. Yeah, so getting on to the actual vote that happened on the uh, 2nd of August, you were the first speaker and you... I've got to admit, it was a strategic move to get in and get home because you said you had to look out, you know, you got a babysitter. It was a very well done thing because the actual meeting went on to about quarter to one in the morning. That's right. I think that's right. I had it on Facebook. Yeah, and I was one of the people who, there was quite a few of us who sat there to the bitter end. That's right. And, uh, and I heard that it was about 50-50 yep. for and against the project. So yep. so that's quite good. And, and you can actually see on our Facebook page all the comments of the other people that stayed from the meeting and how the meeting unfolded. But in the end, it was voted for the project. So we were celebrating a successful result, really. And we were really yes, there was Twenty-eight people submitters, with about four to five people at the end who were positive as well. Yeah. The vote was five councillors to four, and mm. uh, it also got passed with an amendment. So there was a whole bunch of amendments. There's a problematic area there to do with. There's a tree that's near a staunchant, which I believe has been trimmed by Vic Track previously, and it's got a bit of a bad structure. So that's the tree that they want to save, though. That's right. It is quite a large tree. It's probably, it is. Yeah, it was the largest tree that was going to be affected. There was a few smaller sapling trees that will be cut down and then other trees are going to be replanted in the reserve. That's part of the project as well as other understory planting um, along the path and in other parts of the park. But this tree is quite a big tree and the arborist report said it had some issues but all the same, it, if they can save a major tree wall, yeah, that's yeah. a good thing. So I think that's great and that's what they're hoping to do. They're going to have a two-metre wide path instead of a three-metre wide path. And, you know, there has pros and cons. A lot of people worried about having a path where people felt they could just cycle really quickly and then other people walking might feel uncomfortable. And, and, I, and I know a lot of cyclists will refer to the standards and say, you know, two and a half metre minimum is what's considered safe. But in this case, where it goes along the top of a cliff, it is a really narrow area anyway. So it will probably feel in scale with the space to have the two metre path. And I suspect it will mean people ride more carefully through that area. Yeah. 
It's always more fun to share with everyone. Here's an opportunity for poets and writers. Sydney Road Brunswick Association is holding its fifth Writers' Contest and Cup. Celebrating Sydney Road's creative culture and supporting local wordsmiths, the competition offers great cash prizes. Entrance via for a prize pool of over $1,000 and the prized Writers' Cup. This year's contest is a three-minute poem or a four-minute story and a piece all about Sydney Road Brunswick. For one night only at the Spotted Mallard. 314 Sydney Road, Brunswick, on Monday the 15th of August from 7pm, in partnership with the Passionate Tongues Night. For more information and registrations, go to www.sydneyroad.com.au. A 3CR supporter. And you're listening to Yarra Bicycle Users Group Radio on Community Radio 3CR 855am, digital streaming on demand and a whole bunch of things, including podcasts. Okay, I'm going, going to go into the second part of the interview I did with Zoe. Here is something you can learn. You can still share. The key to unlocking this actual thing with the Russell path, which is yeah, quite important, really, was Vic Track because they were mm. re- redoing their signalling, and this was actually the key to unlocking it. Because going back to was it 2007, 2008, there was a I'm just looking up this bit now. It was the Mary Creek Trail Review, and I remember as part of Yarrabug, we put in a joint review with, I think, Darabin and the then Brunswick bug, which has now turned into Moreland. So it goes back a fair way. Yeah. <laughs> we only came on the scene at the end when we thought it looked like people were objecting to something that just seemed like such a good idea. Well, it's and accessibility thing too. Yeah, it's, that's it's, right. This is something that's been really quite high on people's mind in the in the greater area because there's so many people who go through that area and that's something we're quite aware of with with um, stuff we do in Yarra. It's not just, uh, this is Yarra only. No, no, it's got to be you're part of a bigger whole. Uh, something I want to bring in, that Vic Roads have just put out to tender for the final part of the Yarra Derebin Trail link. Mm. And then you've got other things happening, which we've mentioned on the show, to do with uh, Gibbs Street, to... Uh, the Collins Bridge and also down on Warmler. So there's things happening all over Melbourne and Rush Hall is part of a bigger thing where we're getting all these two these things that have seen too hard or engineering-wise too hard to do are actually yeah. getting done. Well, actually, because I think when I, you interviewed me last time, I mentioned that there's another project that is being built already at Coulson Reserve in Glifton Hill, yes. which is near the other branch of the railway line. And that ramp combined with this project will mean you'll be able to connect through between Clifton Hill and North Fitzroy. So local people will really benefit from that because there's quite a lot of road and rail infrastructure that separates those two suburbs. And so it's hard to, you can't really go along the creek and then end up in Clifton Hill that easily. It'll it'll be really good for that too once that's built. And that, that was actually a difficult project at the time because I was the landscape architect for that project originally the Clifton Hill Railway Bridge upgrade and they did part of the ramp but there's some steps <laughs> and oh, okay. then 
they were unable to build that rest of the ramp as part of that project. So it's just fantastic that Gary's building the yeah, rest of that Yeah, because I was too. a little bit disappointed with some of that uh, Clifton Hill duplication, if that's the same one we're talking about, because mm. we were trying to get a, a shared ped bridge put in at the same time as the duplication. Yes, and that would have been good. And it didn't happen because what <laughs> no. we were trying to do was get a bypass uh, so people didn't have to use the top of High Street to Queen's Parade, mm. that area. And look, some, as we were discussing earlier, some things take up to a decade, so it might still happen. <laughs> uh, it was a difficult one, and they were they they were building a rail bridge there, but they did do a lot of landscape work on the ground, even though they didn't build the bridge. So, and as I said, now Yarra are finishing that off. So, in combination with this project at Russell, it'll make a lot of sense and a lot of better connectivity for a lot of people I think people from further afield and local people so it'll really change things along there so yeah because it was one we discussed I think uh, quite a while ago it might have been on the first interview I did with you that there's moves happening up further in Derribin Council where to put in a a bridge between Beavers Road and the Kingfisher Gardens part of Ceres. Yeah, that's what the school kids are campaigning. Yeah, yeah, school kids were campaigning for it and a whole bunch of other people because it was this huge, you know, long route by car. And Mm. if they had better things, they could walk and ride. I believe that process is kicking along at Darabin. I haven't got anything else in front of me, but it looks quite good if that happens. Or maybe those people can update you. As on the current status next week or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'd be great. If they're listening to the show. Yeah, because <laughs> call in. Yeah, that'd be great. It's always more fun to share with everyone. You're listening to 3CR Radio. Indeed you are listening to 3CR Community Radio and this is Yarra Bicycle Users Group Radio. I'm just going to go into the third and final part of the interview I did with Zoe about Rushall Reserve and a whole bunch of other things happening around Melbourne to do with paths and connectivity. It's always more fun to share Okay, so we've got the amendments through and i just got to say to people who've been interested in this process, the meeting on the 2nd of August was mammoth because there was two other things on that night at the council meeting. It was to do one with the self-Vietnamese flag and another one was an ongoing CUB dispute. And when we turned up, like it was packed, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, there were hundreds of people there and, and we didn't start talking about the path until 930 so that's why it went until one o'clock in the morning, and I thought my, this is my first council meeting, and I thought, golly, do they <laughs> do this every week, or is yeah. this unusual? Anyway, um, apparently it's pretty unusual. So I don't think anyone would bear being a council councillor or a council officer for that matter. And they all stayed, you know, till the end and answered questions and so on. So they did a pretty um, amazing job, really. Three hours portion of shared path. Is that about it? Seventy meters. Oh, I think it's longer than that. Actually, I don't know how long it is. It just shows how contentious it is. But yeah, it it's not like... very long. It's no. a few, a couple of hundred meters at the most. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, the the work sometimes you have to do to get a good positive result. Yeah, it's quite a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and it was good in the end. I mean, a lot of people found out the truth about the project 
and what was really going to happen and got involved and, you know, provided their feedback, which is great, I think. so. It's really you know. worth reading some of the reports that were out. They were part of the attachments to that council meeting. It was actually worth reading through people's initial responses. It was really... There was a, a lot of really well thought thoughtful, articulate responses to it. And it's, it's, you know, if you're concerned about the issue, it's actually worth reading them. Yeah, it's interesting, I think. And I think it's great because a lot of people hadn't maybe really gotten involved, but once they saw the design and then they were able to provide feedback, it's quite good. It was excellent. So a very long process that probably might have a bit more to it, but looks like we're... What's the expression you use? Sun's over the yard arm or we're moving forward or... Something like that. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, trying to not, I'm not trying to head into cliche land. <laughs> but um, to, to yourself and more though, thank you so much for coming on board with this. It's been really good because it did look like we were a bit hit and miss at the beginning of the year of what, what was going to happen. I've got to say from a Yarra perspective, there's been a few things happen where Yarra's kind of gone backwards a bit yeah, we've had to push to get a refresh to the um, we've had to push to get a refresh to the bike plan, and Yarra's always been seen as a shining light for so- for cycling infrastructure, and it's gone backwards a bit. Mm. And when you get things like this, which are a no-brainer, which you still have to fight for, mm. and you finally get it, it's like yes, got to keep going. Common sense has prevailed, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. So, what do you? What's your thoughts on it? To just finishing up, Zoe. Oh well, I was just really thrilled that the. Council voted in support and that so many people had provided their feedback and, in fact, so many of those people had supported the project and that, you know, now it can happen and I think it'll be a really good thing. And I think it's a template for anyone else who's gone, look, this has been kicking on for years, how can we push forward? Well, sometimes you just have to keep going. Yeah, that's right. And, and, and it was just about talking to people and letting people know what was actually happening clearing up any misunderstandings yes. and then they were, you know, many people were then actually in favour of the project and could see how it was well thought out by the council officers, generally speaking, and not really make much impact on the park in, in any negative sense by the fact that the path's going even along the side of the railway line and the open area is maintained and so going to be just a benefit to many people. I mean, it means there's a lot more surveillance, passive surveillance, so anyone walking through there is going to feel a bit safer and a lot of people are going to be able to experience the creek, you know, as part of their everyday life now when they walk to the station or so on. And, and when we spoke to Mary, friends of Mary Creek about this, because before we started campaigning to support the project, Maud and I wanted to find out for sure, you know, all, all sides of the discussion and we spoke to friends of Mary Creek and they said, well, the whole point of the Mary Trail was to get people to come to the Mary Creek and enjoy the environment and be a part of it and to make the creek accessible to people, you know, as part of their daily life. So this path would fit in with that. So that's hopefully what it will do. It'd be excellent. Also, I can do some more plantings down there. And yeah. There's a whole bunch of weedy stuff further along, which probably could be treated at some point. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's fascinating because you can sit there and look across to the end of Cunningham Street, apparently where the Batman treaty signing happened um yeah. I, i'm a bit i'm a bit i'm a little bit ambivalent about that um because i don't actually think it was a treaty yeah but it's, it was an event that happened a significant event yes <laughs> yeah we'll just leave it at that yeah i hope you you hope the playgroup comes down a bit more frequently to there once it gets built 
we're going there a little more often now just to explore parts of the park that are down the far end near the creek. There's fantastic cliff there, um, really interesting geology and great places to sort of play around. A big peppercorn tree that the kids like playing around on. So, yeah, it's fun. Well, thank you very much. It's always my fun to share with everyone. Share a beat now. And you are indeed listening to Yarrabowski's Group Radio on Community Radio 3CR. And uh, it's probably all got time for this week. Actually, there's a really good article in the conversation online today, modelling for major road projects is at odds with driver behaviour and goes into a bit about... Um, Transport modelling for major projects is really at odds and what people want is diversity and mixed mode and looking at sustainable transport. I'm not going to preempt the article too much, but it's something really worth going into. And just a quick um, fact, did you know that Australian kids who walk or cycle to school dropped 42% between 1971 and 2013? So, yeah, design, engineering and cities, we've kind of um, dropped our ball a bit. <laughs> I think there's a lot to do with like pushing car culture as well and um, what is seen as easy and hard and whatever to get around. There's a lot of uh, forced barriers there that we still have to overcome. Anyway, that's all I've got time for this week as I was just repeating myself. So um, podcast should be up soon today. And don't forget that uh, this show and virtually every other show on this podcast uh, station is reliant upon you the listener for donations or subscriptions so please go to 3cr.org.au and uh, subscribe or donate to 3cr to keep us on air and uh, probably i think next week val and faye should be back in the studio and that's all i've got time for so um up next we'll should have dirt radio You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.